Alright, so Pete and I take a keto together across the street from pretty close to here, like a quarter mile from here. So Pete, just briefly introduce yourself and then I'll just, then I'll get into it. Alright, how you doing? Um, name's Pete Gillette, um, Maple Shade, New Jersey, and uh, yeah, like Jeff mentioned, we take a keto together. Um, I'm currently at uh, Wells Fargo uh, Home Mortgage in uh, Philadelphia, and I'm a home loan processor. Doing that for about almost almost two years. It'll be two years in this August, and uh, I just came here to hear what uh, Jeff has to say about economics. Okay, actually, let me get mine. Alright, so this is not a uh, pyramid scheme. <laughs> I got so, it. I, I thought it was going to be something like that, but I'm actually interested to see what you guys said. All right. So this is just an a, a lesson in economics. All right. So this is called modern money. You ever heard of modern money or modern monetary theory (MMT)? No, I have not. Okay. So you are not a Bernie person. You're a Democrat, but you don't really follow politics so much. Nothing crazy. I'm yeah. totally Bernie crazy person. So uh, this is unfortunately going to be framed in that way because that's all I know and I haven't done it to someone that doesn't know, mm -hmm. doesn't share that same view. So you're going to have to forgive that part of it. Okay. But, okay. So let me, let me just start off and ask you a question. Where does the dollar bill in your pocket, where did it come from? Uh, it's created out of thin air. No, no. I'm the, where did you actually get the dollar bill that's in your pocket? Where did you actually get that that particular bill? Okay, uh, I would say uh, my bank. Okay. Uh, my uh, bank account from uh, the ATM or going into the bank to retrieve money. Okay, so the ATM got it from the ATM machine. Where did the ATM machine come? Where did it come oh, from for that? So you're saying uh, the Federal Reserve? Okay, but. Yes, that's that is the ultimate answer. Yeah. But you're the first person that hasn't like been. I got it from the person who bought oh, my shirt. Oh. And where do they get it from? They got it from their paycheck. And where do they get it from? They got it from it's selling a product. Like yeah, but no, you be you just went right there. <laughs> you, the person who knows the least out of all the people that I've spoken to went right to the answer. So that's good. So the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve just created it because they wanted to? What's, how do they, well, uh, how does that work? Well, from my understanding, it's, um, it's not a, it's, it's fiat money. So it's being that it's, 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 it's not backed by gold or silver as it once was. It's, it's created, um, basically out of thin air. They basically created out of thin air and, uh, then they charge interest on it, and you know the rest is history. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not what we think it is. It's it, 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 it's it's a fiction. What's a fiction? The the concept of the paper dollar bill. It's it's backed by the faith of the American people that they this is they believe this is the five dollar bill or the hundred dollar bill, and and then we we take that and then we will we'll buy products and things of that nature. But it's it's really not. A currency. It's 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 a debt. How the hell do you know this? <laughs> I'm a man of many acts, Jeff. <laughs> you actually, I mean, there's some things that are off, uh -huh. but you are by far out of all the people I've spoken to that know a lot about politics. You know, you are a way head start compared to them. Oh, good. Uh, I, you know, I uh, I try to read different things. I try to expose myself. That's why I'm meeting with you right now because I said I'm not going to close my ears to anything. 
Um, because you never know when you're either going to either apply that or apply that rather and, and use that information or you discard it. But uh, you, you always listen first, you know, to understand. All right. So the Federal Reserve, where, where, who tells the Federal Reserve to create that dollar? Uh, what is it? Uh, IMF, International Monetary. No. No, it's just within the country. The International oh, Monetary Fund is. Well, isn't the Federal Reserve a? Um, uh, it's a private bank, not sanctioned. It's not. It's not American. Right? Isn't it? Is it private? It's private bankers that back the Federal Reserve, correct? Well, I'll say the truth is whatever the truth is. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of our conversation, okay. that is not what I understand it to be true. Okay. And I'm asking you for this conversation, you know, afterwards, be as skeptical as you want to be. <laughs> yeah, you. Seriously, after this, after this conversation, you should be as skeptical as you should. You need to be. Do your homework and figure it out. Okay. Figure out whatever the truth is. But as I understand it, what has been taught to me is that the Federal Reserve is not a private organization. That is, exactly. that is. One of the theories, uh, Illuminati, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Rothschild, mm -hmm. you know, so that is not what I understand. So, okay. but afterwards, if the truth is whatever it is, and that's what it is, then fine. I don't think that's what it is. Okay. Okay. So it's not a private organization. So where, who tells the Federal Reserve what to do to create uh, that dollar? I mean, I guess you would think the Congress, right? The, the higher ups in the, in the government would sanction the printing of our money. This is some of the best water I've ever had. Isn't it? <laughs> Tell you, I take it, I filter it, I strain it, and then them lemons. Well, to grow them, and then I got a hiccup. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're right. Congress. There's a couple steps between there, but you're right. Congress, Constitution of the United States, mm -hmm. says that the Congress is the monopoly currency issuer. Okay. They are the ones that can create money. So they, how do they create it? Do you know? I'll say. Um. I mean, you go to the the mint, and uh, you mean physical? Oh, okay. Um. Mint. From what I said before, I believe it's just created out of thin air, and then they just. Print it and then, but if, but if it's not backed by anything, then you know what I'm saying? Like how you're saying it's, it basically it comes out of nowhere, right? Right, but, but what are the mechanics of that happening? Yes. Which I can tell. That, oh, absolutely. I, please fill me in. I'm, I'm not 100% on that. So Congress writes $10 million into some bill, mm -hmm. then that bill is passed into law. Okay. Those $10 billion are now created. <laughs> That's it? That's, That's it. They did? That's crazy. So any bill. Whatever it costs to implement that law, say ten billion dollars or a trillion dollars or one point four trillion dollars for these tax breaks, whatever, writes one point four trillion into the bill. The bill is passed into law, signed by the by president. Now that money is officially now exists. That's well, it's essentially it came from nothing. And not essentially, literally, literally yeah. exactly. It's. It's so they just create it. It's just like a child drawing a one trillion dollar bill on a piece of construction paper. It's no different. That's that's mind boggling. <laughs> it's mind boggling because of what we've been taught. I don't think it would be mind boggling if we started from nothing. If you didn't have that knowledge of what we've been taught our whole lives, I think it's mind boggling because it's so different than what we've been taught for our entire lives. Actually, we've never even been taught exactly what you just said <laughs> at all. Uh, why is that, you think? 
Well, hopefully by the end of this, end of this conversation, you'll understand. Okay. Okay. So a bill, so Congress writes a number into a bill. That bill is passed into law. It becomes that then now the money has been created. So for, for Congress to, to spend money is exactly the same thing as saying they've created money. So $1.4 trillion into a bill passed into law. They have spent $1.4 trillion into existence. They have created $1.4 trillion. Not talking about debt yet. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. They have created $1.4 trillion. They have spent $1.4 trillion. It is exactly, when we're talking about the Congress, the federal government, mm -hmm. that is the one place in the entire world, as far as the U.S. dollar is concerned, where create and spend equal the same exact thing. Mm. You can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me and you, we have to get money before we can spend it. Yeah, yeah. But the federal government can just create money so they can't tax they can't tax the people until they've given the people money to be taxed yeah that makes sense okay so people are taxed and when you think about it why are, well why do we pay taxes i mean for infrastructure reasons and uh just to pay our dues, I mean, to participate in this government. But you just told me that they can create money out of thin air. So basically they're taxing us on things that they just created, and it, it, it's we don't benefit from it, what you're saying. It's like it's... No, 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 no. It, I mean, you're, if you're taxed money to pay for infrastructure, to pay for whatever, but you just told me that they can create... We just talked, we just so, came to the conclusion... So why didn't they just create money to handle the infrastructure and all that bullshit? Right. So, uh, so I'm asking you again. Mm -hmm. Why do they tax us? So they can get real money from the people. You know, they. they but where did that money come from? That was the beginning of our conversation. It's already so. We're just are we just running this rat race for no? It's just, it's just <laughs> fake, and we're just running around like you know. You know, what I'm getting at here. You you can see where this is like. Yeah. This is like. Right. It's just make believe. <laughs> it's just playing with monopoly money here. Part of it. Okay. So you just said they tax us to pay for infrastructure and pay for whatever. Mm -hmm. But you also just told me that the federal government can create money just like a child can draw a bill on a piece of construction paper, and they're the only ones in the world that are allowed to do it. Yeah. And they can create one point four trillion just by writing it into a bill. Okay. So why would they? Why do they collect taxes from us? Because clearly, yeah. So you have uh, confused expressions. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm definitely a little confused about that because all right. So they they can create money out of thin air. Not just they can create money out of thin air. They are the only ones in the world that are allowed to do it. Okay. So so they can and they can create as much as they want whenever they want. So they can create inflation and things of that nature just by just writing stuff into a bill. And then they tax us on the money that they just created out of thin air. But it's like a vicious cycle of... Yeah, that's... You're missing a big piece, but I, I, everyone's missing a big yeah, piece, I mean, not I, just you. You're right, everyone's everyone's piece. I, I know something's missing, but I can't, I can't tie it all together here. But uh, keep going, what you got? So the point is... 
is that clearly our taxes don't pay for anything at the federal level. I'm only talking about the federal level, not state, not municipal. Okay. Federal taxes, they can create the money whenever they want, however much they want, for whatever they want, and they're the only ones in the world that are allowed to do it. So why would they need any income? You're uh, talking about the income tax. You and I need income yeah. before we can spend. Oh, I see what you're saying. Why can't we just create our own income? And then well, we, we would be going to federal prison for counterfeiting. Exactly. But my question is, is that me and you, uh -huh. we, we need income Correct. before we can spend money. Right. I have to get it from somewhere else, whether it's credit, whether it's a paycheck or whatever. whatever. But for me and you, we have to get money before we can spend it. But the federal government they can, create can create it at thin air as much as they want, whenever they want, for whatever they want, and they're the only ones that are allowed to do it. So if that's true, then why do they collect taxes? Because, as I think you can start starting to see, they don't need our money because they're the ones that gave it to us to begin with. Uh, I would say control them. Keep us dependent. Um, there's no real reason that why. From what we just discussed, that I, don't, I can't find a, a reason why we would be taxed if it's make believe. Like it's just yeah. I don't. I don't see there's a reason now. Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. I want to ask you a completely unrelated question. So let's say, and this is, if you if you were if you had my political views, you would understand why I'm saying this specific thing, but since you're not, it's going to feel pretty out there. I want to, I want to take a ridiculous situation seriously just for a few minutes. The Pony for All Act of 2018. So it's ridiculous, but let's pretend if we really wanted to give everyone in the country their own pony. Have you heard that before? Everybody gets a pony? Like it's... So there was some big thing during the, the campaign where Hillary Clinton was saying, oh, oh, it's nice that you want to give everybody a pony, Bernie. Everybody would love a pony, but how are you going to pay for it? Yeah. Okay, so her pony was representative of the big programs that people like me want, like Medicare for All, free college, and the big programs. And so she said that this is like a pony, that it's a pie-in-the-sky dream, that unrealistic because... Utopian. Utopian, exactly. Okay, so... Let's pretend that we want to actually create a bill called the Pony for All Act of 2018. So Congress would write a bill, write a number into the law, write a number into the bill. Trump, he said he was going to sign it. So it's going to be signed. But what, I'm to, but what I'm asking you is what would it actually take to give every single person in the country a pony? So I know that's based, nebulous at first. Based off what we just discussed. Uh, forget, forget money just for a minute. Okay, let's, pr let's pretend that money is infinite, okay. government is not corrupt, okay. money is not an object. I'm asking... That's funny. I'm asking... Yeah, right. And Trump said he's going to sign it, right? Uh -huh. So I'm asking, what would it take to give every single person in the country a pony? Um, I guess just time to distribute... Whatever you need to make that happen. Uh, um, I mean, we're not talking about money here. Uh, uh, okay, elaborate on what, what do we need time for? 
uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because in my mind I'm thinking of an uh, actual physical pony dropping it off someone's house. Like <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know. Um, don't go too far away from that. Don't go too far. Okay. I, well, I'm thinking uh, we need time to, 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 to first of all to deliver the said pony to everyone. Um, uh, figure out. Is everyone getting the same pony? Uh, you know, we did. Well, let, let me clarify. <laughs> okay. Everyone in the country has the right to get a free pony if they want one. Ah. Some legalese there. Well, I just mean, like, we're not imposing. But, but you we, have to but sign we have up to for anticipate, it. we have to anticipate that everyone in the country want, want, wants one. Mm -hmm. So. But you have to stand up and say, hey, I need my pony, I want my pony. Yeah, they don't right? want one, they don't they, have to get one. They don't but, get one. But we're making it very clear to every American that if you want one, this is how you get it. Uh -huh. So, how do we actually make that happen? And time is a big part of it, though. I, I think but, the process needs to be something easy for the American people to, you know, understand. And, and, and Because people don't want to do work, you know? <laughs> if it's something that, you know, oh, you got to get a pony, but you got to do all these freaking forms and fill out all this crap like well let's pretend that that stuff's easy okay that's, that's the, the actual filling of the forms and actually be applying or whatever that's all easy that's nothing okay you're, you're sort of dancing around I'm dancing around okay you're, you're, you're dancing around something that's really critical that you're missing like the biggest uh, piece okay how many people are there in the country how many people are there in the country uh, it's definitely like uh, I'll tell you it's uh, 300, around 320 million. Oh, see, I was going to say four. Okay, 400. About 320 million. Okay. Okay. All, every single man, woman, and child, all 320 million people in the country need a pony. Mm -hmm. How do we actually make that happen? I don't know. Are there 320 million <laughs> ponies in the country right now? Okay, um, definitely not. So just random guess. How much are there actually in the country? <laughs> like a, not even a million. I think I think that's right. I would have said five hundred thousand. Yeah. So now I'm asking you, mm -hmm. how do we get every single person in this country a pony? Okay. Given this reality. Uh, well, we have to definitely breed more, and um, uh, we have to create a surplus of ponies before we can distribute. Because otherwise, you got people waiting on ponies, and people got ponies already, and it, it become. Uh, Fight for ponies at that point. So fight for ponies. Prices go crazy for ponies. Black market for ponies. So how do we make this happen in a way that actually makes sense? Putting aside that it's ridiculous to begin with. Okay. Um, well, I feel like there's going to be a like a layaway uh, waiting list kind of thing, you know what I mean? I feel like uh, there's no way that anyone can get a pony at the same time. Uh, especially I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to be here for a while, it's all good. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you that it is genuinely possible for everyone at the same exact time to have a pony. A biological literal pony. It is possible. What would it take to make that happen? And you you sort of have said some of those pieces. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, okay. Let, let, let me let me help a little bit. No, you're not. You're not. You're really really close. Five hundred thousand ponies. 
320 million people. What would it take to reproduce 500,000 ponies into 320 million? A lot of... Uh... <laughs> Mommies and daddies doing their yeah, things over yeah. and over and over again. Exactly. But we have to consider gestation. We have to consider how long after that's birth yeah. that they can, they can do it again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so how long, which was the first thing you said, time. You have to, like, do create an industry for, you know, pony reproduction and... And then um, we have to fund that, um, and then uh, get people to work the plants. And okay, so so you you're getting there. So, how many years would it take for five hundred thousand to duplicate and to to reproduce into three hundred twenty million? Thirty years. <laughs> okay, so that's fair. I would have said like ten, but I have no clue if it's real. But I've just been saying round number ten. Thirty may very well be it. So we need time, and we need. Ponies. Okay, ponies, yeah. Money's not an object. Okay. We need ponies, and we need time. And if we now all of a sudden, no, we no longer have 500,000 ponies, in a year from now, now we have 2 million ponies, what is that going to mean as far as what they require to live? What do you mean, uh, as far as uh, feeding them and taking care of them and things of that nature? And who knows the population is going to rise in the next 10 to 30 years, and then you're going to need more ponies. <laughs> okay, so let's say 400 million, just to be a round number. Yeah. So 400 million. So now, two years from now, we have now we have 2 million. So what does that imply? Such as food, uh, more breeders, more, uh, you know, uh, horseshoes to blacksmiths. A lot of uh, working class stuff. So if we do, if, if the number of ponies starts to explode, it's going to create industry, um, uh, create jobs. Give me some examples. Uh, like you said, uh, you got people that's got to uh, feed them. You got people that's got to maintain them. Uh, as far as you know, uh, veterinarian services, and uh, you got uh, farms. You got uh, fencing. Pop- fencing. You um, you got the manure that will be used for other things. You've got. Uh, there's a lot of working parts here um, that will create. So now, now we're now we're five years out. Now we have ten million ponies. Mm-hmm. So, so now you got ten million jobs essentially, or ten million. You know, not ten million jobs. You know what I'm saying? It's a, the more ponies, it's more work. More veterinarians, more blacksmiths, exactly. more, more fencing, uh, fencing more building companies, company, more, more uh, land. More, uh, which would now start affecting like distribution, so trucking industries would now have to start to take that stuff around, and now we have to work towards distributing the ponies around the country so that everyone can get it without having to travel to right to Wyoming or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all these ancillary industries, mm-hmm. because the physical number, of, the literal number of ponies mm-hmm. now increases, and that implies all of these new labor, so therefore we have to educate people. That takes time. Educating people takes time. Then they have, then creating the, the horseshoes and then creating the, make sure the grass that's now being eaten is maintained and the fencing and the sheltering and veterinarian services and all this stuff. Okay, so now, now we have 320 million ponies. Or we're, on, we're on our way to 400 million ponies. Now, the people have to actually get them. But we can't just let them blindly get it no they can't okay. but what would happen if that ha- if they did that it would be chaos, it would be chaos. Mm-hmm. so what needs to happen uh, we need to implement regulation to um, distribute uh, the set ponies to the 
training. We'd have to train them. Where do they get it? What do they do with it? <laughs> yeah, because no one knows just how to take care of They have to get fencing and shelter and access to services and access to so, food and access to veterinarians and access to blacksmiths and all these things at a much smaller scale now has to be accessible to all Americans, right? Essentially, you see where I'm going? It, it seems like it's more of a uh, hindrance than a actual benefit. Because now I get the said pony, but now I gotta get the fencing. I gotta get the veterinarian work. I gotta take care of it. Exercise it. I gotta eat it. I would eat it. I guess you could. I don't know. <laughs> gotta feed it. Uh, so it's like it's kind of like if somebody gives you a pet fish or something like that for your birthday. You're like, damn guy, you gave me work. I didn't need work. I just need. Which is why I wouldn't impose it. <laughs> but it's you know. So so now and when it dies, now we have 320 million ponies or 400 million ponies. Now when it dies. Now that's a serious consideration. What do we what do we do? Now we got disposal that, disposal services has to be now a consideration and replacement with a new one and so on. All right. So now now you sort of does get everyone it. get one pony, just one, and it dies and you don't get another one. Oh, well, I say you get another one, but we'll, we'll hash it out and when we okay. when we're congressmen. Um, <laughs> so, but the point is, is we had to consider the entire life cycle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Money's not an object. So if we said, well, we want to do this so that everyone gets a pony within one year, mm -hmm. what would happen? You already answered this before. Uh, what would happen? Um, one year. One year. The law. It is the law that everyone in the country, all 400 mil 320 million people in one year gets access to a free pony. What would happen? You already said this before. Chaos. Chaos. Prices skyrocket, black yeah. markets, chaos. Why? Why? This is the important question. Why would it be chaos? Well, it created a demand for the said ponies that everyone's in righteously or not right, uh, rightfully, lawfully supposed to get. Demand far outstrips supply. Yeah. So even if we threw $10 trillion at it and we say in one year, it's unrealistic, but we're going to throw tons of money at it, $10 trillion. We're going to make this happen. What Would that make a difference? No. Because? Because it's still the same, you're still in the same situation. It's still going to be chaos. Because our real resources yeah, because the, 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 cannot can't just handle be, it. Yeah, you can't, you can't just create resources you can't ponies don't care about money they're not going to read their their gestation period isn't going to shrink because of money they 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 can only have do their three things over and over again so money doesn't expedite biological processes money doesn't change real resources and our real resources cannot handle it unless we wait 10 to 30 years no matter how much money we throw at it no matter how much money we throw at it and that's my point when those, ponies, when those ponies run out, and people are not getting their ponies, it's going to be serious problems. Right. Yeah. So the point is, is that money doesn't matter because if our real resources, because if our real resources can't handle it, then it can't happen. Real resources are the only thing that matters. Money doesn't matter. That's what we just discussed. You can throw as much money as you want at it. But if you do it faster than your real resources can handle, which is called your pr productive capacity, your capacity to produce, 
if you try and exceed that, no matter how much money you throw at it, it will cause enormous problems. Okay, so that's my point. Real resources are what matter to the federal government, not money. They don't care about the money. We care about the money because we require income. Federal government doesn't care about the money. They only care about real resources. Now you see where I'm going. Or at least you can see that this is so this is the beginning of a big topic. Are playing on this money thing, which is fake. And they're worried about the resources, which is the real currency. Huh. Okay. Okay. I see this. Yeah, I see where you're going here. Not here, Mint scheme. No, no. <laughs> no, it's definitely a scheme though. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely got us hoodwinked here. Uh, okay. All right, so we have grown up our whole lives thinking that the federal government is exactly like me and you. It's completely not. And you sort of understood more than these people who are so into politics, which is amazing to me. All these people that are like huge Bernie people. Mm-hmm knew nothing and you don't follow politics and you know way more than any of those people well there's a reason why because a lot of it's uh, you know BS because uh, they're kicking us stories but that's not it's, you see you can break down something to seven levels of interpretation uh, just certain degrees of understanding so you know, what they give the populace and the masses is not what it is. It's the show of it all. It's like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of like the allegory of the cave, you know. It's, it's, I don't know that. The allegory of the cave, um, I believe that was Aristotle. Aristotle. Um, basically, you have people that are chained up in a cave and they're looking at a wall and you, there's a fire behind them, right? And, and it, they'll show them the image of a tree, right? But it's only the shadow of the tree. They never actually seen a real tree. They just see that as a representation of a tree, right? The one day someone breaks the chain and they go outside and they actually see that, no, this is what a tree is, not this shadow here. And they try to tell the people that, sh- that are chained up, hey, this, come out here, take a look at this, you know? And they're like, no, no. That's a tree. The this shadow's is, a tree. This is That's a tree, fine. exactly, and they'll kill you. To, to defend the shadow, which is the fake image, or the you know a falsehood, not the truth. Because it's all they know. That's all they've known their whole life. No, I never heard of that allegory. Before. Al- that's allegory of the cave, man. That's good. Mm-hmm. And that, that, it's like a flat Earth. The Earth is flat. Exactly. And so, people fear falling off the edge of the Earth. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten to the point where, so this neoliberal, this is what this is, is neoliberal, the false, that the government needs income just like we do. Okay. That's neoliberal economic philosophy, whatever. That's like the earth is flat, so you can't go too far. You can't be ambitious with big programs for the people because you'll fall off the economic cliff. So just like the earth is flat, People like me say, no, the earth is round. You can keep traveling. You won't fall off the edge. But people are so terrified by falling off the edge that they won't even dare get into the boat. Mm. And us even saying, just get into the boat. Just see if there's proof. Just, just even saying that is so terrifying that it can, like, start wars. Well, I mean, you're shaking the foundation, man. Uh, 
you start shaking the foundation, then uh, people's lives unravel. And but it's 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 not us that's going to unravel. It's those that are in power is what it's going to unravel. Those are in power, uh, they can't have a shake in the foundation. You know, they they've and we're so invested. In, I'm going to use this term, the matrix, that it's like we. We, it's like we depend on it so much and, and they need us to depend on it for them to function and we don't depend on it just as I said the dollar bill is the faith of the people but we don't we say you know this is shit I don't want this I need, I need gold I need something I, I need gold coin I don't want this piece of paper the whole system will collapse people's faith in it keeps it going and without our faith and our work and our dedication it's going to topple down, and they, they can't. There, there's, there's, there's correct pieces in there, but there's also incorrect pieces in there. And actually, well, I remember what I was going to say, which is going to address just this. So they don't need our taxes because they need our money. You understand that much now, right? Yeah, they, I mean, they don't, yes. It's, so, so, but it's so why? Why are they taxing us then? Why are they putting strain on us? So I, I, want to, I just want to be clear. I want you to, like, you understand. <laughs> you understand now, and this is this is like critical. You understand now that federal taxes do not pay for anything, so that the federal government taxes us, but they don't tax us because they need our money. You understand that, and you say yeah, you do, yeah, but I just yeah, like no, yeah. I just want to really no, no, bring no, it no, home no, because yeah, this yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. So uh, taxes don't pay for anything. Federal taxes. federal taxes don't pay for anything. Um, Yet they tax us. Yet you could go to jail if you don't pay them. Okay. So that's unconstitutional. No, it's not unconstitutional. So why do they pay? Why do we pay federal taxes? And I'm going to answer it. But. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's extremely to. important. <laughs> taxes are extremely important. Mm -hmm. Okay. But why? So what you just said, because we're told to. Because we have, you got to fill the pockets so people can buy their yachts and their penthouse suites. Federal taxes don't pay for anything, so what does that have to do with it? Oh, I mean, the people in charge, they, they have taking that money, right? No. I mean, Federal taxes do not pay for anything oh, for no, anyone. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't pay for yachts, doesn't pay for nothing. Well, just to keep the system going, then. Just to keep the make-believe train going. Okay. It is really important. Okay. Taxes are, federal taxes are really important. So there's three reasons. Number one is what you roughly are roughly saying. If we don't pay taxes, we go to jail. If we if it, if we didn't have to go to jail, if it was just like optional or we just didn't have to pay taxes, what would happen to the dollar? Well, it would decrease, wouldn't it? Hmm? It would decrease, wouldn't it? The, 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 it just wouldn't be worth anything, right? It, was just, it, would, it would just collapse. So the system just collapse at that point? If we didn't pay, I don't know if collapse is the right word, but, but, but if diminish, we, the, we pay taxes because we have to pay taxes and if we don't we go to jail and if we try and count if we try and create the dollar ourselves we go to federal prison for counterfeiting mm -hmm. taxes drive the economy and drive the currency okay. and I, does that mean i, I mean i didn't know that but yeah. do you understand what that means when i say that if you you might get a, a hint of it Slightly. but everybody else that i've said it to is like i have no clue what that means and well, how could they because they never been taught well, uh, you know what? I definitely could use a. a what what would, do you do? You have any? Do you have any thoughts of what that means to drive the currency and drive taxes? Drive the currency and drive the economy. What does that mean? Do you have any clue? It's there is no more important reason. 
bastards trying to currency. I I I no, I have uh, okay. I have no idea. So the country just formed, seventeen seventy four, whatever. They're fighting the British. They don't want they want to be a country. So they write the Declaration of Independence, they write the Constitution, and in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, is the Congress gets to create the money. And it also says, I don't know if the Constitution says this, but it is the law that you must pay, you must pay taxes. So what the, country, what, what the United States did, everybody has British pounds at that point, before the country started, or right the moment the country started, people still have their British pounds in their pockets. So everybody uses British pounds. Okay. So, the, so the United States comes in and they say, we're becoming the United States. You're not going to be using the British pounds anymore. And say, okay, what do I use? You're going to fight my wars for me. You're going to fight the British for me. You know, I, I come in as the government, revolutionary war. You're going to fight the British for me. And at first people are like, yeah, let's, get, let's fight. But soon enough people aren't going to continue to do it just because they want to. So you say, okay. You're going to fight the British for me. Yeah. Okay, so they, maybe they will. Or you're going to plant my crops for me. Uh-huh. You are going to. Yeah. And while I'm pointing a gun at your head, you will. Uh-huh. But as soon as I walk away, you won't. <laughs> exactly. Right. So now they come in and they say, here's a United States dollar. And they go, what the hell is this? I've never seen this before in my life. This is how I'm going to pay you for fighting my wars, for growing my crops, for building my buildings, for, for doing all these things. Okay. Okay. And they go, yeah, that's great, but I really like my British pounds, and everybody in, everybody in my town likes British pounds. We're just going to keep going with that. And they go, you're also going to pay taxes. And if you don't, you're going to go to jail. So now, people have to start thinking of getting money, U.S. dollars, because they have to pay taxes in the currency that only the government can create. And if they don't, they go to jail, they have their power pretty confiscated, and it genuinely happened, so they knew that they were, they were not playing around. So taxes make people care about the money, such that they actually have to find work. The belief in faith of the people. They have to find work in order to gain income of the U.S. dollar, so that on April 15th they can pay taxes. Because if they don't, they will go to jail. That's called driving the currency. You're driving the currency. The dollar exists because we collect taxes. That's why it exists. If, it did, if we stop paying taxes, it exists for like maybe a year or so, then it would start dwindling. People wouldn't be using it anymore. Yeah. Taxes drive the currency and drive the economy. That's what it means. It means that now everyone is going to start caring about the dollar and have to get jobs in order to get income so that they can pay taxes and not go to jail. If that didn't happen, the system would break down and maybe mafias would claim some areas and have their own little currencies and whatever. And jails have their cigarettes and so, okay, so that's the biggest one. Drive the currency, drive the economy, which is sort of what you've been saying before. That's, that's the purpose of money. That's not just how a use of money, that's it. the purpose of money. Number two, there's three reasons. Number two is control inflation. Ah, yep, yep, okay, because they, they can create it, they can create inflation. I don't know about, well, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because if you're, you're flooding the market with all this money that you just created, right, you can, you can control it. That, that's true. Right. So, World War II, mm-hmm. all the car companies put all their resources, rubber, iron, plastic, whatever, 
stopped making cars, started making tanks and airplanes and artillery. Like the war machines, right? And, and almost exactly true, if not exactly true, no cars were made, no new cars were made during World War II. Not a single one. Really? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. It, if it's not exactly true, it's extremely close to true. But the money in people's pockets. I mean, the war, of course, changed people's feelings. But generally, the money in people's pockets didn't change. People's desire for new cars didn't suddenly change. But the supply of new cars died. Not just dropped. It's gone. So now, all this demand for all these new cars that don't exist, what's going to happen? It's still there. What's going to happen? Uh, if we don't do anything about it? A revolution. <laughs> People are going to start uprising and say, I want new cars, I want, I want my shit. Well, revolution's extreme, but you yeah, said it before. You know, it's just like, like chaos. Yeah, chaos. Black markets, it's, it's prices exactly. going crazy. You want, you're going to get you're gonna get what you want, basically. Right. <laughs> and by so, what, does, what can a government do to fix this situation? Um, start producing cars again. Okay, start producing cars again. And the war, is that going to happen? No, I mean, because all the resources and everything is going to this war. is more important than, than catering to the, their demand exactly. is not as important as fighting the war. Exactly. So we're not going to increase it's supply. We're not going to increase supply. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Not in this particular situation. So we can either increase supply or... We can... Um, that's not going to happen. Or... Uh, only one other side to it. Um, just tell them you don't need fucking cars. <laughs> tell just listen, we're not making it, and that's it. That's, you okay. Know, just deal okay. with it. But they still have their money. So how do we? Hmm. How do we tell them you can't? We got to give them something else. We have to. We have to propose something else to, to create a demand for that rather than to create a demand for the cars. That's exactly right. What the government did was offer war bonds, mm. Mm, okay. and they advertised the war bonds with. Support the troops. Support the war effort. Propaganda. So that implies, very strongly implies, that your money will help pay for the troops. Your money will help pay for the war effort. Mm -hmm. But we now know... <laughs> they create money out of thin air to pay for that. So, so it doesn't pay for anything. So the war bonds is just like Tesla driving the economy with the war bonds. Because... Well, war bonds are voluntary. Okay. You don't have to take a war bond. Okay. But so not like taxes, what you said. Taxes, you go to jail if you don't. Yeah. War bonds are not. Okay. But they give an interest bonus if you do it. So there's an incentive. There's a carrot instead okay. of a stick. Okay. So buy a war bond and we'll give you 5% in 10 years. But let us hold your money for 10 years so that instead of buying a car, which we don't have to give you, mm -hmm. we'll just hold your money and we'll give it back to you in 10 years. Okay. So taxes and war bonds are very similar. They remove money from the economy. Okay. Okay. So that instead of purchasing cars, they help the war effort. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm on the same boat. Okay. So that their money disappears for 10 years. The government doesn't use it for anything because the government doesn't need to use it for anything. Yeah, because it's... Because they can create whatever. Exactly. So they just, they write it down. P... 20, matures in 2023, 5% interest, $1,000. Mm -hmm. They write it down. They don't use that money for anything. So that money disappears for 10 years. It's just notated so that we remember to give it back to you and with 5% interest. But it's, it isn't controlling 
if you're taking the money out of the economy, aren't you controlling the... You're controlling uh, demand. demand. You're lowering demand by diverting their money to this war bond instead of to putting more pressure on cars. And the, all right, okay. So the but it's, this is critical, and okay. I know you probably don't have your mind around this yet, but okay. the money is taken out of the economy, and they write down Pete, $1,000, 2023, 20, 5%. But they don't use that money for anything. So what's the purpose of coming? So the only purpose is just the distraction to keep us to reduce demand, which is a critical thing. Okay, but they're not using it for anything; they're just holding on to it. But it's still giving my thousand bucks. They're not holding on to it. They're not. That's the thing. They're not holding on to it. When Congress creates money, they write a number into a bill. It's passed into law. Money's created. It's like drawing a piece, a trillion dollar bill on a piece of construction paper. Okay. With a war bond. I write down Pete thousand dollars. I write it down. That's not like money in my bank account. I just wrote it down to remember. Okay. When I take it from a war bond, I just erase it. Mm. So just like money is born when the Congress creates it, money dies when you buy a bond or when you pay taxes. So taxes versus war bonds. Taxes are coercive. You go to jail. Taxes, instead of 10 years, are infinite years, and there's no bonus. Otherwise, war bonds and taxes are the same. So I, when I pay my tax return, when I pay my tax return, I write it down on my taxes. They take that piece of paper, they put it into a filing cabinet or into a folder on a computer, and they know how much I paid, $1,000, but they don't use that money for anything. It's just sitting in there on a piece of paper in a filing cabinet. Okay. The only thing that the tax return does is it authorizes the federal government, and this is pretty close to exactly true, pretty close. It's close enough. You authorize the federal government. You give them my tax return. I paid 1000 bucks. I'm authorizing the federal government to reach into my Wells Fargo account and lower my bank account by $1,000. They don't do anything on their side. What? Because they don't need my money. Yeah. It makes sense. If you think about it, this all makes sense. Now knowing what we've spoken about, this makes sense. They don't need my money for income. Yeah. All they do is deduct it from my side. They notate it because it's on the tax return in the filing cabinet. Yeah. They don't use it for anything. So what's the whole purpose of this all? What, what, what's the purpose? Controlling inflation. Okay. Yeah. Driving the currency. Driving the currency. And there's one more as well. Exactly. That third but, piece is going to bring it home, isn't it? No. Not necessarily. Okay. It's, it's, this is a much bigger thing. But Congress money is born when it's passing the, when it's written into a bill and passing the law. Yeah. Money dies with taxes and war bonds, war bonds that come back to life. You said with war bonds that come back to life. Ten years when they mature, oh, okay, they yeah. come back to life like a zombie. They come yeah. back to life. Okay. They create the currency again at that time to pay you your war bond. To pay your war bond plus five percent. They wrote a law a long time ago that said, buy a war bond, we destroy that much money, we notate it, and then when it matures, you have the right to, the federal government has the right to issue. the treasury, to issue you that amount plus interest. That law was written long ago. Okay. But it's destroyed. Destroy is not the correct word, but it dies. Okay. It disappears. Okay. They don't do anything with that money. Just like when you pay taxes, you are authorizing the government to lower your balance. They don't do anything on their side. That is a that's that's a big deal. Is, is, isn't that um, robbery? Is it is it stealing from you? 
right? I mean, if you. I mean, that's a libertarian point of view. Taxes are taxes are theft. Yeah. But it's just what we agree with when we contribute to society. All yeah. governments are this way. Yeah. So the third reason for collecting taxes okay. is to impose moral decisions. Impose moral decisions. Okay. It's going to make perfect sense. This is not hard to understand. If we want to discourage uh, smoking, not, not shut it down, but we want to discourage it. So we might increase the prices of, of cigarettes by significant but not dramatic amount because we want to slow it down. We don't want to stop it. Same with drinking, same with gambling, same with uh, drugs, whatever. So we want to slow it down. We don't want to stop it. Um, environmental pollution, we want to shut it down. If we were not a corrupt government, we would shut it down. So increasing taxes reduces behavior. And we as a society decide that smoking is not great, but we don't want to stop it. Environmental pollution is horrible. We want to stop it. So we raise taxes a lot on that. We raise taxes a little on vices. Okay, so that's one side of it. And then we we can increase behaviors by lowering taxes. We can increase gym memberships by lowering taxes on gym memberships. Same with buying solar panels, same with buying electric cars. Mm, so we create... want to reduce taxes to promote behaviors. Uh, so that would increase the demand for things because it's lower. People it's cheaper. Want to, yeah, people want to, oh, I'll get this. We might even give them bonuses, not just yeah. reduce their taxes, but actually give a tax benefit, whatever you call yeah. it, refund. Yeah, refund, okay. Yeah, okay. So, all right, so basically you're telling me that the government creates money, then they tax you on the money, yet they don't need the money that they're taxing you for, because the taxes don't pay for anything, and it's all just to keep the economy going, just to... To drive the economy. driving the currency part is yes, and to create behaviors based off reducing things or increasing uh, rates. Uh, so basically, control so economy controls population. Another order, huh? Uh, you know what? No, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's good enough order. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so my question is. What does it all really mean, Basil? <laughs> you know, awesome powers. <laughs> what does it all uh, mean? Uh, you know, uh, I <laughs> Unfortunately, I missed that. I saw it, but I don't know that one. So, um, so the purpose—the purpose of all of this is just to control people and promote behaviors. With good faith actors, that's not a bad thing. But yeah, that's not so far off. Okay. We don't have the greatest faith actors right now in government, so. They're controlling it to the point where, you know, only the masters of the universe are benefited. People are not benefited so much, which for me as a progressive, as a Bernie Sanders person, be like, we need Medicare for all, we need free college, we need these things. And because money is not an object, only real resources are an object, and labor is effectively infinite. Because people are born, there's all these unemployed people, there's all these people that are not happy in their jobs. So... It, there's so many people unemployed, but there's also a lot of people that are unhappy. They have to travel too far. They have to, what you know, they're abused, whatever it is. So, so labor is effectively infinite. So basically, 
Um, so we could have Medicare for all. We could have free college because labor is effectively infinite. It takes a little bit of time, uh -huh. but labor is effectively infinite. So we could have all these things because we have the real resources to do it. Okay. Money's not an object. But the only thing you hear on TV and from our politicians is, money, 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 money. is that we can't afford it. How are you going to pay for it? We're blowing, a hole, we're blowing a hole in the deficit. The debt is going sky high. We can't afford it. If we do this, we will fall off the edge of the earth. Uh, bringing back to what you said about the, the labor and everything like that, it brings me to that scene in The Matrix where uh, uh, Morpheus uh, presents him a battery and says, this is what you are. Your energy, your, your, it, which that, it, it equates to what you just said. It's just you're, you're the labor. That's what... The money is not a factor, if you said it. It's all time and energy of the people to get it done. Plus real resources. I mean, plus I mean, yeah, but, things in the ground yeah. and things that grow. But, but yeah. yeah, essentially. We're, we're, if it's not for us, nothing's going to work. So basically, we, we the one are... We're perpetuating our own nonsense, in a way. Because what else are we going to do? <laughs> so there's one more thing with... Um, Moral dis imposing moral decisions. Mm -hmm. We can also tax the rich in order to lower income inequality. You understand that income inequality is a bad thing, right? Yeah. You know what income inequality is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 there's... <laughs> they salaries type stuff. And yeah, so there... So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being rich. Mm -hmm. You can be 300... Whatever we as a society decide is reasonable, like 300 times more than the average, whatever. But at some point, you reach a level... It, becoming richer is only possible by extracting from the well-being of others. Yeah. Which that. is where we're all, we're way past that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're to the level of they can buy politicians with their pocket change. Oh, yeah. And create the laws which make it all easier. Okay, yeah. so that's, that's an immoral level of income inequality. And we as a society could decide that there's some threshold like $500 million, whatever we decide. That after that, we tax the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. Not everything, okay. but just the part above that threshold. We tax 90%, 75%, whatever we decide. Okay. We tax them because it lowers inequality. It prevents them from being able to buy politicians. It prevents them from becoming so rich that they're extracting off of others. Sick, profiting off of our sickness, profiting off of our death, of the war machine, whatever. Yeah, or uh, prison. So we're taxing them because it's, it's moral, it's equitable, it's just yeah. to lower inequality. Yeah. We're, we're taxing the rich in order to lower inequality because that is the right thing to do. We as a society decide. Okay, yeah, I don't we don't tax the rich because we need their money. Oh. Hmm. Okay, so. Jeez, man. This is giving me a lot of stuff here. <laughs> it's like a, I told you, it's a big deal. That's why it's taking a long time. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just teaching you something. It, it is discarding what you know and then starting to teach you. Because what I just said is that we don't tax the rich because we need their money makes perfect sense given everything that we've already spoken about. But it was a huge surprise to you, as it is to everybody, because that's all we ever hear. 
And oh, there's okay. there's a huge reason for it too, which we're gonna that's the end of this. That's what's gonna be at the end of this. Okay. It's not just economically inaccurate. There is a huge thing behind it that you will understand in a few minutes. Okay. So we don't tax the rich because we need their money. We tax them because it's equitable and just and moral and right. Yeah, I get that. Okay. We don't need their money, but that's all we ever hear. We must tax even Bernie Sanders. Yeah. My idol mm -hmm. says we got the rich need to pay their fair share in taxes so we can get infrastructure and uh, and pay for Medicare for all. We need to tax the rich. We just said taxes don't pay for anything. Right. So even he is messing things up. So then I, I present the question again. Uh, so basically we're doing that, you said, to pre prevent uh, inequality in income. And well, basically, uh, that is the reason. Okay, so... For taxing the rich. For taxing the rich, inequality. Okay. But taxes don't pay for anything. So why are we... you already knew before we even started talking. Uh -huh. okay. If you thought about it. Yeah. Because if we have fiat and we can create it just like that, yeah. then logically it follows that they don't need any income because they can create it just like that. You already knew it, yeah. but you've heard so many conflicting things your whole life that yeah. you never just continued to those next steps. And that's all we're doing. Okay. That's all we're doing. So, it's just, it's just all control then? Is that what this boils down to? Yeah. You know, like... What's the whole point of it? Like, if they can just create it, tax it, and, but it's like, it's like a cycle. You're, you're taxing things that, that you don't need, and then, but but it keeps us in line and it keeps the economy going. But it's just, it seems like a vicious yeah. cycle. It's it is control, but with good faith government, it's not a problem. Just like with parents, you could have abusive parents, you could have good parents. The rules, the the. Modern money mm -hmm. is just the rules. Our politicians choose to take those rules, choose to take that knowledge mm -hmm. and screw the people and help the masters of the universe and tax us more than they should be taxing. Don't tax the wealthy when they should be, but it's just but the rules are not what the problem is. Okay. The, the, the knowledge of modern money is not the problem. It's the people who choose to take that knowledge and cheat. Because those who don't know, I mean, they're not going to be able to correct because that's all they know. And no, you can't fight the cheaters if you don't know the rules. They're powerful cheaters, and they have the whole system on their side. Media, education system, mm -hmm. experts, mm -hmm. governmental officials. Yeah. They all parrot these lies. But when they, go for, when they go to pay for military spending, when they go to pay for a new airplane, when they go to pay for tax breaks, all of a sudden they remember, oh, we can just create money and they don't have to debate. But whenever we talk about Medicare for all and free college and living wage and all these things, all of a sudden, how are you going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. All this. Now, well, I mean, we'll, we'll think about it. I mean, I mean, you got to pay the teachers if you're doing free college. You got to pay the doctors for free stuff like that, right? I mean, um, but you can just draw it up. So you say. Um, There's no real resource challenge with that because we have plenty of people ready and waiting. And even if not, they just a few years from now, we'll educate them and they'll be ready. And even after that, they'll be born and more people will be ready. Labor, I mean, service economy is not a big deal. When we talk about like creating tanks and tanks and tanks and tanks, that's physical resources. We only have so much of that. Okay. We haven't even reached that limit yet, but that's 
a more pressing concern. But when you're just talking about service economy, reading to old people, reading to children, assisting teachers, we're overwhelmed with available labor. Okay. So the real resources are plentiful. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of writing up money because we're not going to be challenging our real resources, our productive capacity is not a big deal. We can handle it. We're not going to be, you know, doing something prematurely like with the ponies in one year instead of 20 years. They can't handle the, our productive capacity and real resources can't handle it in one year. Okay. It can handle it in 20 years, no matter how much money we throw at it. So what, what's stopping them? Stopping them. Stopping them from implementing the free health care and, and uh, the free colleges and uh, things of that nature. Medicare for all, you know what that is? Uh, oh, well, Medicare, I guess that's, a, uh, that's health insurance, right? Not insurance. What's that? Private, there's a private insurance industry, which is what everybody uses, so they can profit off of our sickness. Medicare, Medicare is not insurance. It's just what 65 and over, older use, okay. and it's government health care. Basically, the private insurance industry mm-hmm. is the government, and they pay for everything. There's no red tape. There's no, I mean, roughly speaking, comparatively, it's, it's easy. They don't have to stress about going to the doctors or getting this procedure or getting that procedure or getting this paid for or deductibles. So the insurance industry has been taken over by the government in the case of Medicare. Okay. Okay? You know, private insurance is you have to fight them at every step because they want to profit. Yeah. Medicare for all is lowering 65 to zero. Okay. So there's no more private insurance industry. Private insurance industry would, would go out of business by choice. Yeah. Because it's an unjust industry, from my point of view. Oh, yeah. This is not modern money. This is just my progressive point of view. So why don't, why don't we have Medicare for all? So if we had Medicare for all, we wouldn't have to worry about insurance. Yeah. We wouldn't have to worry about being stuck at our job because if we don't have our job, have now we don't have medical insurance. Uh-huh. You have no insurance. What's The only available option is private industry. We're at the we're at the the whim of profit industry mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not right. No, it's not right. But but the even bigger thing is we don't we won't quit our job to begin with because we're trapped. And since we can't leave our job, we can't afford to leave our job. We can't afford to run for office and take over their job. Hmm. So if we could take over their job, then we might be able to get Medicare for all. Uh, a good friend of mine, he can't leave his job because if he does, his whole family now no, has no insurance. Mm. And he can't run for office. So it's not just profit. It's power. Yeah. Because power is relative. You cannot be powerful unless you keep other people powerless. Of course. So Medicare for all, yes, they get the profit off of you, but more than that, in my opinion, is they get to keep you powerless. And they get to keep you, I get to stay powerful. So giving us these things doesn't just give us an education with free college, doesn't just give us health care with Medicare for all. It gives us power. And if we get power, that by definition means that they have less power. Shaking the foundation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Huh. 
lot of good points here, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, man. If, yeah, they can't. They can't afford that. Uh, and I don't mean afford as far as in regards to monetary. I mean like yeah. they can't afford that lapse in power. You know. They give us even a tiny little thing that means that they have less. Mm -hmm. So that's why they say, "Oh, I would love to give you this. I know how much it would benefit you. I know how much it would solve your suffering." <laughs> But I can't. Because we can't afford Because it. I can't afford it. So they're lying to us, stating they can't afford it, which they really could, all because they know once we have power, we'll change things and kick their ass out of office. And, or, you know, whatever, you know, revolution, or, you know. Um, so just lying to us. Just straight up lying to us. The big lie is that the federal government is the same as me and you. The federal government needs income before it can spend. That's the big lie. And every other lie comes from that. The debt, what's the debt? So ridiculous, something like trillions of dollars. I'm asking how much. I'm asking what is the debt? What does it mean? I guess it'd be the labor of the people, I guess, right, at that point. Right, because we're the ones paying it off, right? What if I told you that paying it off is nonsensical? It doesn't make sense to pay it off. Because you just... You, 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 Let me tell you. You created it. If you can create the money as much as you want, whenever <laughs> you, you want, it off for whatever you want, yeah. and you're the only one in the world that's allowed to do it, okay. number one, you could draw a $21 trillion bill on a piece of paper mm -hmm. and pay it off tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Number two, who are we paying? It's like, it's like the Decepticons in outer space. <laughs> it's like it's it's kind of like when you you, you you take a 401k loan out, you're paying yourself back. It's like you're paying off a debt that is your debt. That it's like it's not you're right. It's so what? So what does that mean to say <laughs> yeah. the national debt plus the interest on the debt is going to crush our future generations? What does that mean? Who do we? If we're the only ones that can create money in the world, what does that mean for me to be in debt in someone? in the currency that only I can create, and I can create as much as I want. What does that mean to be in debt? What does that mean to have to pay it back? Who do we pay it back to? Who do we pay it back to? Who do we pay our debt back to? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's like you're, you're paying yourself back. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a... Can I do anything else for you before I leave? No, it was very good seeing you. Excellent. Thank you. I'm going to transfer your check over to Karen so you can take relax, whatever. Thank you. Okay? Nice you are quite welcome. <laughs> yes, very nice meeting you. See you later. Safe travels. Take care. Have a great day, guys. You too. So the debt. Yeah. Even if I push you, mm -hmm. could you even explain what it means, given what we now know? What does it even mean? Who do we pay back? If we're the only ones that can create the money, what does it even mean to pay someone back? It's nothing. It's it, it, nothing. To say that it's meaningless is is not even enough. Yeah. It's like right? You, you want to say more, but it's like it's... So here's what the debt actually is. Okay. And that the fact that they even call it the debt itself is propaganda. The debt is this. Technically speaking, is it is all the money that has been spent into the economy by Congress that has not yet been taxed. And I know that's not quite easy to understand. Yeah, say that one more time. It is all of the money that has been spent into the economy since our country began that has not yet been taxed back. 
Okay. And there's an easier way to understand it. That's what it technically is. Okay. Okay. Give me the, give me the easier version of it. <laughs> the debt, the national debt, uh -huh. is the total of everyone's bank accounts, investments, and wallet pocket change. Okay. That's the national debt. So if we pay back the national debt, we get it down to zero, we have to empty everybody's bank accounts, investments, and wallets. And then what do we do? Who do we pay it to? What will the people do if that happens? What does that even mean to be, but what does it even mean to even talk about it? So basically this debt that they're saying that exists, they're never paying off. They're never going to pay it off because it's... It makes no sense to even discuss this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Why they lie to us, man? <laughs> <laughs> Why they Keep the powerless powerless. Keep the powerful powerful. That's well, what it's all about. Knowledge is power. And, uh... so, so a couple more things. So the deficit. For me and you, I budgeted $100 to spend for this week. Mm -hmm. For my kids, for food, for gas, for everything. At the end of the week, I have didn't make it. I had to borrow, I had to go into my savings and get 20 bucks. Okay. So I spent 120 bucks, so I was irresponsible. I didn't budget really well. All right. right? So I had a deficit. Okay. Surplus is the opposite. Yeah. I budgeted 100. I only had to spend 90 this week. I was responsible. I budgeted so well, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Balanced budget, right in the middle. I budgeted 100. At the end of the week, I spent exactly 100. I was responsible. Okay. okay. So responsible def deficit is irresponsible. So Balanced budget and surplus are responsible okay. for us. <laughs> we, now we hear on the news mm -hmm. that a deficit is irresponsible. Balanced budget is responsible. Surplus is responsible. We hear that all the time. You, I assume you understand that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Federal government. Mm -hmm. What's a deficit? What's a what's a balanced budget? Federal government comes in 1774 and says you're. I need you to build buildings. I need you to fight my war. I need you to build, uh, grow my crops. Here's a hundred bucks. Next year in taxes, you pay me all that hundred dollars back. Don't you dare spend it, because you're going to give it all back to me. Is there any point in that? Would there be any incentive in the people to actually do things for the government if I did that? No. So basically, you're saying if they paid off the debt, they would is there any difference of going like this? Uh -huh. Putting a gun in my face. Okay. Here's a hundred bucks. Don't you dare spend it because you're giving it all back to me in April. Is there any difference? So you telling me that we are in like economic slavery? If we did a balanced budget. Okay. If we did a balanced budget, and they, and you do hear talk of pay go. Uh huh. We ha can't pay until we can find the money, which is just. A different way of looking at balanced budget. Balanced budget is I'll spend, but I have to tax it all back. Paygo is I must find it before I pay. I can't go until I can determine how I'm going to pay for it, which at the federal level we now know is nonsense. Yeah. Okay. So balanced budget is the government comes in, I'll give you a hundred bucks, but don't you dare spend a dime of it because you're giving a hundred bucks back to me in April. There's no difference with this because the people have no incentive to do the work for you. The purpose of money is to give people incentive to do what needs to be done. So if me as a father, I might give my kids allowance. So they do things, they clean the table, they clean their rooms, they vacuum the floor, 
because that's what I need to be done with my real resources. My children are my citizens, and I need things to be done, and this is how I compel them to contribute. And society compels citizens to fight their wars, to grow their crops, and whatever, by paying. So money's just like a manipulative instrument? With good faith actors, it's not a bad thing, but yes, you're right. Oh, you can have abusive parents, you can have good parents. You can have a good government, you can have an abusive government. We have an abusive government. Okay? So, but if I say a balanced budget, and I, what's the point of even giving them money if they have to give it all back to me? What's the point? So they're never going to pay off the debt because if they do pay off the debt, you take what you said, you're going to. You there is no such thing as paying off the debt. It doesn't exactly. even make sense yeah. to even go there. There's no such thing as paying off the debt. Yeah. But, but the point of, I give my people $100, mm -hmm. but what's the point of even giving it to them? If I just take it back. The point of a government is to give the people what they need so that they do productive work that benefits society. If I give them $100 and I take 100% of that back in April, they have no incentive. In fact, they might revolt. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's like your, um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I get what you're saying here. I get what you're saying here. So it's like, what's the point of me giving you five bucks? Just to be like and take it back. It's like it's kind of like I never gave it to you in the first place. Do grow my crops for me. <laughs> but I'm oh shit. So I, I think it's a light bulb just went off. So so basically, you're telling me that all right, we get an income, we pay back the taxes, but it's actually like we've never actually really earned anything in the first place, and we if did the work. In the case of a balanced budget. In the case of a balanced okay. budget. And there's a lot of people that say, oh, we must have a balanced budget amendment. Mm -hmm. So what would a balanced budget amendment be except for permanent, devastating austerity for the people? Because as you said, if you paid off, if it's a balanced budget, you've got to take all my money. The government out. can't spend any money into the economy anymore. They can't just create... They can create it. They can. But now by this balanced budget amendment, they now have to legally tax it all back in April. Which is just a decision to be abusive. Wait, wait. So you're saying, so you're saying, so they can. Throw We're only talking about the balanced budget amendment here. Balanced budget. Okay. This is this is a bad thing. Okay, okay. This is a bad thing. No, no that's what I'm getting. Yeah. The, from it. Okay. If they chose to do this, they could continue to be even more abusive. This is a choosing to take the knowledge of modern money and be abusive with it instead of being good faith with it. So it's not the problem of modern money, it's the problem of the people who are making these abusive decisions. And a balanced budget amendment would be an extreme abusive decision. Okay. So surplus. I give you a hundred bucks, grow my crops, fight my wars, build my buildings. In April, you give me back a hundred and twenty. I gave you a hundred. In April you give me a hundred and twenty. You think that's a good thing? No, bullshit. That's a that's a that's interest, right? So in the first year, in the beginning of the beginning. That makes no sense. But like now, if we spent $10 billion into the economy and we tax back $12 billion, can people save? No. Can people invest? Negative. Can people even pay their taxes without dipping into their savings? No. To pay something that's make-believe. So surplus. That's a surplus in a balanced budget. Deficit. That, wait, that, that's a surplus? A surplus is it, from a federal government's point of view, is I spend $100 into the economy, I tax back 120 so I'm responsible. I'm responsible, though. That's a responsible thing to do. <laughs> Balanced budget is the responsible thing to do because I'm not spending more than my income mm. as the federal government, which is bullshit. Yeah. Deficit. I spend $100 into the economy, I tax back 30 
What do the people have? Uh, what you say is hundred dollars. You got seventy bucks. Mm -hmm. Do I want my people to have something? Yeah. As a good faith government, yeah. So they do work for me, and I get they get seventy bucks. They get seventy bucks to, to save so and invest, to save and invest, and to have in their wallets. So you say so. Our knowledge of what a surplus and a deficit is completely backwards. The big lie. So the deficit the big lie. is good. And the, the federal is government bad. is the same as you and me because they need income before they can spend. That's the big lie. Mm. They don't, and every other lie. Is based on that debt deficit surplus balance budget um, pay for things. So every other lie is based on that big lie. But geez, I mean, if you didn't, it would all fall apart. It would all fall apart if they didn't lie. Um, yeah, man, this is like crazy, bro. I told you, I've been waiting to, I've been waiting to talk to you about this. This is like crazy. That's nuts, bro. Um, so I, I think there's only a few more things left. It's just like wrapping up stuff. Okay. I'm a teacher in a way, but I'm not an expert. And it's actually important to say that I'm, I'm good at like taking someone that knows the wrong thing, which you knew more than a lot of other people, but you know the wrong thing, and taking them out of that wrong thing, unplugging them from the matrix. <laughs> Acclimating them to the real world and then passing them off to experts. Okay. My job's done. I don't. I don't know enough. I've only. I never heard of this before February. Okay. I never heard of this concept before February. Okay. I went through the same thing in February. So I, I. It was. It would be inappropriate for me to say I'm an expert and I know this really well. Once we're done, you can ask me questions to clarify and whatever. But to learn more, you got to go to the experts, and I can like, point to the people and whatever. So that's much of it, but there's a few small things here and there. Oh, so here's an important thing. This pits, this whole thing pits people who want big programs, Medicare for all, free college and living wage and all this stuff, federal job guarantee is a big one. Okay. This pits people like me against people who don't want their taxes raised. They're so terrified of falling off the cliff, falling off the edge of the earth terrified of the short-term consequences of raised taxes that they will like I don't care what you want I am against it because I don't want my taxes to go up which because my taxes will have to pay for your things which will bankrupt our country which is a lie which pits the people together no different than racism and xenophobia and classism economics pits people against each other it tears the people apart because they think that their taxes are going to have to pay for the programs that I want, and they won't. Because taxes don't pay for anything. Federal, federal yeah. taxes don't pay for anything. Federal taxes do not fund federal spending. Federal spending funds federal taxes. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Federal funding pays for. Say, say it again. Say it federal taxes. Federal taxes do not fund federal spending. Federal spending funds federal taxes. Yeah, because they're creating it out of thin air. Because creating and spending, spending is the same, same thing, thing at the federal level. 
but not for me and you. And that's the big lie. That's the big lie. That our education system, our experts, mm -hmm. our government, and our media all slams into our faces for our entire lives. Even economists, a large number of economists, have learned based on the gold standard where this all is true. And in fact, the gold standard, the most self-imposed, horrible, abusive thing, because it makes all these things come true, because we do have to get income before we can spend if we go on the gold standard again. We went off of it in August of 1971. But if we went on it again, then all of these things would become actually true. If we go back on the gold standard, we can strangle the economy, strangle the people, but be economically accurate. So, so basically you're saying the gold standard, if we had the gold standard, it, it wouldn't be good for the people. Is what you're saying? It would be even worse than now because it would be the same thing and be economically accurate. It would control all the it is, That's exactly what's happening now, but it's not economically reality. It's just because they lie about it and do it based on this lie. They trick us. If the gold standard became reality again, they wouldn't have to trick us because it would be economically reality because we really would be based on gold. They really would need income before they spent and the federal government. Yeah, because then they take all our gold and do all their... Their federal spending, you're saying. So, yeah, it would be, be like balancing the budget. In a way, if you go back to Gold Standard, because you'd have to, you'd have to, we're, we're gonna, how are you going to pay off this deficit, right? With, if you don't have the gold. You can't just create out of thin air. You need, no, I need to see the gold. So, yeah, they, they were collected and the taxes would be real. And they would genuinely need the income. Yeah. It would be the same situation, they just wouldn't have to lie. Shit. So there's a lot of people out here thinking that the gold standard would be better. In a way. I mean, that's what I thought. I thought, hey, uh, like it's not backed by anything, and that's, so it's not real, and, you know, but in a way, if it was backed by gold, or if it was just gold coin, I dropped a gold coin here and gave it to you, and it wouldn't be good, based on what you just said. So what's so what's so what's our option? What's what's a what's a get corrupt people out of government? That's our option, so that we don't have an abusive government anymore, and they take the knowledge of modern money, the reality of how our economy actually works, mm -hmm. and use it to help the people instead of help themselves. We just have an abusive government that takes this knowledge, which is not good or bad. You can use this knowledge for evil or for good, or not at all. Like you can, if you learn medicine. You can cure people, you can do Nazi experiments, or you don't have to practice. If you learn religion, you can become Christian, you can practice Judaism, you can practice Hinduism, you can practice Satanism, or you can become agnostic and atheist. That's not the fault of religion. It's just the decision that people take that knowledge and use it for. Same with, the modern, same with modern money, or MMT. You can take that knowledge and abuse the people, you can take that knowledge and help the people. And we have a government that's, that's abusing the people, therefore we need to get people in there that help the people. Yeah, man, that's... Damn. So, every time I'm watching the news, and they're talking about surplus, the deficit... Blow a hole in the deficit. Even TYT does it. Right. Even my primary source of truth, TYT and Jimmy Dore, 
They still say they blow a hole in the deficit. They're they're making the they're they're increasing the debt. They're making it go sky high, and our children are going to be, you know, whatever. Uh, even my sources of truth say it completely wrong. And and what it actually is, is that all these people that I you know that support what I like say the right things. We can envision what's wrong with the world, like Bernie Sanders. This is how the world is terrible. We don't have health care. This is how people suffer because of that. We don't have a living wage. This is how people suffer because of that. We don't have every, anything. This is how people suffer because of that. We can really see it. Therefore, we need a living wage, free health care, federal jobs guarantee. We can like envision what should be and how it should be. But then when we go and ask for it, we go to Congress and we ask for it, we say, we want a federal job guarantee. We want a minimum uh, uh, Medicare for all. We want these things and we want it now. They turn to us and they say, oh, I would love to give it to you and I know how much it would benefit you, but how are you going to pay for it? And so we go back to the drawing table and try and figure out how we're going to pay for it and do all this analysis and figure it out, and figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Then we take the paper back to them and say, oh, it's just not going to cut it. Now the situation has changed. We can't afford it. They waste the people's time on a question that doesn't even matter. And people fall for it. People who are great at envisioning the war, what's wrong, envisioning what should be, when we actually go to that final step and actually try and get it, we fall for that stupid trap of how are you going to pay for it. And we go back to the drawing table and try and figure it out and spend all of our, most of our time on this question that makes no economic sense. So, so this is the point. Bernie Sanders taught us what the world, how it's bad, why it's good, how, how it could be, envision what could be. But what he didn't teach us is to how to actually get it. And modern money teaches us why we don't actually have it, and why and how we could actually have it easily now, and how we could have easily had it decades ago. Because hmm. they could just create it and just give it to us and then be done with it. But no. That shakes the foundation, and they can't have that. Mm. It's an eye-opener, man. eye-opener. Not what you expected. No, it's definitely... It's a pyramid scheme, but not in that sense that we're talking about. Uh, you know, in regards to they're at the top of the pyramid, and uh, NASA's at the bottom, and uh, they're just creating all this BS, and we're just, we're just following oh. it. It's a good. It's like a. It's kind of like a. You know, bringing to a keto. It's a. It's a good lead. Keeps us off balance. Keeps us. You know. Yeah. Questioning things that. You know. It's 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 just distracted. It's like a big distraction, rather than us being. They actually make us waste our own time Mm -hmm. to figure out this pay for question, Mm -hmm. and they get us to pit ourselves against each other. Exactly. It's just a perfect. Racism, xenophobia, classism, economic, um, I don't know, I can't Divide think of the term. Conquer. Yeah, economic misinformation. No different. Divide the people. Yeah, man. Uh, and just one last point. Reduce the military. Yes, we need to reduce the military because we're bullies of the world and whatever. We need to do it responsibly because if we just lowered it, people would be, you know, because we've been assholes for so long. We need to reduce the military, but not because we need the money, which is the same thing. People say reduce the military. Well, what could we use that money for if we reduce the military? We could use it for Medicare for All and fixing Flint's pipes and 
yes, we need to reduce the military because we don't want to be the bullies of the world, not because we need the money. Same yeah, thing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and it's so it's it's this concept of we can't have good things until we get it until we wrest money from the cold dead hands of the powerful. And that's not the truth. So they want to pit the powerless against the powerful because we can't get what we need until we get the money from them. So they keep it Which doesn't make us econo- which doesn't make economic sense. But that's how we go back to the drawing boards and figure out how can we pay for it. If we take it from the rich, if we, even Bernie Sanders does this, you take it from the rich, reduce the military, whatever, then we could have stuff which pits us against them. So it keeps us dependent. In, when it doesn't make economic sense. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. So I, I was right then. It's, it's, it's like economic slavery. They're keeping us controlled and... and Oliver Twiston, you know, please sir, may I have more? And they can always create more. We could have done decades ago. Oh, goodness. So basically you're telling me the government's a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I mean, I already knew this, but it, but now from an economic standpoint, I mean... That's why we need to fight brutal. so hard for people who are not corrupted by money. Because until money gets out of politics, we can't change any of this. But now with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if you know that who that is... She's just one in New York. She's someone who's not corrupted by money. She doesn't take any corporate money. Nice. And she beat the fourth most powerful person in, in Congress. Nice. One of the biggest upsets in decades. And she knows modern money. Most politicians and most candidates don't. If we can get people like her into Congress. Is there a, uh, is there a modern money book out there or something? Uh, I'll send you links for resources and stuff. Okay. Yeah, send to my, uh, you got my email? No, I'll, I'll give you an email. Um, All right, well, let's conclude. Okay, okay. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Uh, shit, man. Um, I mean, you, you, from you, you, we walked into the door thinking that it was, <laughs> I was going to try and convince you to be in a part of a uh, pyramid scheme. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, definitely blew my eyes wide open with this one. I mean, uh, just the fact that you said that the government create money, which, I mean, I knew that it was, you know, fake, but, I mean... Explaining the surplus and the deficit and how we think of it, we're under the impression that it's deficit is wrong, it's bad, um, and surplus is good. Um, we, from our point of view, from our point of view, because we're so skewed in regards to that, like you said, we have to get income in order to spend, and we think of the government as the same way, and it's not. That that shit is just. <laughs> Like you said, everything stems from just that one point. It just trickles down and everything else falls into place based off that one, you know, uh, point. The one, the one lie, exactly. Uh, and I hope, I hope that it's true that it makes sense. It's not just you. Can you tell us about your drinks or anything? Um, I'd, like, I'd like one more water, but I'm... Okay, and that's it. Both waters? Uh, no, yeah, he's, sure. he's... You know what? I'm, 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 you know what? I'll take another water, too. Thanks. Okay. So I, I hope that it actually makes sense. It's not just I'm teaching you something and you find it fascinating, that it actually makes sense because you, you knew about you know, the foundation of it. It just is expanding from that point yeah. to what it logically means. Yeah. Um, no, it, it definitely, I mean, there's some parts that, you know, I was a little, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, 
confused about and he clarified some things but like I said I'm I'm gonna have to read up more on it and uh, really do my due diligence to, to get on your level of understanding um, but for what you know we've discussed uh, it definitely makes sense um, but uh, it's actually it's kind of angry a little bit you know you're like this is bullshit like, I'm over here busting my ass and, and it's just make-believe in a way, it's to see stuff like this and it gets out. It's disheartening, and, and people people would, you know, that's why they, they keep it so thank you keep it so wrapped up, and don't tell anyone because they know what's gonna happen if you do. We're gonna be like, you know what? We're not standing. You ever you ever you ever seen a movie uh, Network? It, it, it's called Network. Long time ago. You know you've heard of that, right? He said that he said you know what? Open up your window. And scream, God damn it, I'm a human being, and I ain't taking this shit no more. And everyone did it. And like everyone just opened up the window and started screaming. He's like, because he's like, they are lying to us. Constantly lying. And, and and we just we just eat it. We just they're force feeding us and we're just we're just taking it down because we don't know anything else. You know? If you like you said, you either have a, a an abusive parent or a good parent. If you have an abusive parent, and they've always been abusive, then you don't know anything other than that. And it, you don't want to change because this is the illusion of the reality. You think this is the reality of the situation. Off the edge of the earth. Exactly. So So you won't even step into the boat. You won't even step into the boat because you know you don't the allegory of the cave. You don't want to free yourself from the chains and look at the real tree because this has been the image that you presented your whole life. This that this is scary. This is it's, it's it, like I said, it's shaking the foundation of, of what you've always known or been taught, so it's 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 really hard to digest all this information. Um, it is. It's enormous. That's why it's taken. This is taken a long. I mean, I don't see any way possible to make this shorter, especially with wanting you wanted to answer. I want to yeah, answer yeah, questions and things, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you can't do this in fifteen minutes. You can't. You can't put this stuff on a postcard. It's just not going to happen. It takes someone that trusts me to sit down and listen for a while, yeah. and then hopefully that starts to branch out. But that's a slow process. Well, you can't. You can't just tell me. If you just came out and just said everything, you gave me too much. You gotta. It, you're right. It can't just be a 15 minute thing because I have to understand this you in order to. For you to, to branch off into something else. But not even just understand. You can't even start the process of understanding mm -hmm. until you start getting away from all the wrong stuff, which is why it takes so much, takes even longer. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult concept as it is, but it's way more difficult because it conflicts with what we've been taught our entire lives. So you have to get rid of that first. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I can do. Mm -hmm. So I can take someone that has been misinformed and guide them out so that now your mind is open to the concept of learning more from experts. <laughs> you, really, you really gotta read the allegory of the caveman because exactly what you're doing right here. You broke out of the chain, I'm still looking at the wall of the shadows. You're like, oh, bro, that's not, but that's not that's, it. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm good at. Uh -huh. That's what I'm good at, is taking someone that's stuck and slowly guiding them to see that. And now, that, but that's only the beginning of the journey. You, you were just like, I just unplugged you from the matrix and opened the door and I just pushed you in the door. There's a whole house to explore, you know what I mean? Like, the experts that are now ready to teach you, I can't do any of that stuff because I just... But I'm good with that first step of 
of starting opening your eyes and taking you away from that. I'll give you one final quote. I know I quoted this movie already, but The Matrix, when he says, why do my eyes hurt? It's your first time using them. You know, that's... That's cool. I'm getting that. Yeah, he said, why my eyes? I can't... Why my eyes hurt? It's your first time using them. First time you open your eyes to see this. And actually, that's actually in the allegory of the cave, too. The guy said, like, my eyes were... I couldn't see when I first got out of the cave because you are stuck in darkness. And you finally see for the first time, and it's scary as hell. But uh, it's the truth. And you got to be able to, you can't be scared of it. You know, and until a lot of us aren't scared of it anymore and say, you know what, like the guy said, God damn it, I'm a human being, I'm tired of this shit, and I want to make it right, and nothing's going to change. It's just always going to be people corrupted by money. And, 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 and I, you know what? Rothschild said, I'm not sure which one, but one of Rothschilds said, if you give me the power to create money for a country, I care not who makes the laws. Because at that point, you already control it. You, like you said, it, without the economy, the whole shit collapses. So if I control the money and I can print the money, then I care not who makes the laws because... I, I'll just give them money to change it. Well, I want to emphasize <laughs> that that's the Federal Reserve is at the control of Congress. You'll do your research to see if there's some conspiracy theory that's true or not. But as far as this lesson is concerned, it is at the. It's actually specifically the Federal Reserve is controlled by the Treasury, which is controlled by the law, which was written by Congress. Okay. So, yes, Rothschild and Illuminati and all that stuff. Even if it's true, even if they are doing that. You can't fight the cheaters if you don't know the rules, and these are what the rules are. That's that's very true. That's very true. It's like kind of like know thy enemy. You know, if you, if you can't fight the enemy if you don't know. Him. And it must be true that the masters of the universe, at least the ones really in control and the top people in Congress, they know this shit because they would not be able to screw us as hard as they're screwing us for as long as they've been screwing us. Unless they really know the rule, really knew the rules. Oh yeah. Can't keep track of a web of lies if you don't really know the truth. That's true. Hey, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I, like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's not a pyramid scheme, guys. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. My pleasure.